0: Father, we thank you for your faithfulness in all things. You remain faithful, O oh God. You've never let us down. And we know that your word and your promise concerning us will be fulfilled. It will not fail and it will not fall. We thank you for a new month, O oh God. We thank you even as we mark the beginning of the last quarter of the year. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you for your provision, for your mercy. Lord, we pray in Jesus' mighty name, O oh God, committing ourselves and our families to you, O oh God. We pray that you protect and deliver us from the plans and the plots of the enemy. We pray that you fight for us. As we are gathered here, Lord, to listen to your word, we ask that you will speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 1, verse 19 to 23. John chapter 1, verse 19 to 23. Now, this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priest and Levite from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny. But confessed, I am not the Christ. Then they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He said no. Then he said to Then they said to him, Who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Let's turn our Bible to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I, I think about towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future And a hope. Amen. Today I just want to talk about who you are. I just want to emphasize our identity. And the importance of knowing our identity as believers. Now the scripture that I just read. Is a time when the Jewish people. Or the Pharisees. Sent people to John to ask him who are you they wanted to know who john was because they saw the things that john was doing that john's life was different john was john was living in the wilderness he was eating honey and lucas and so the people was were just because of his lifestyle he came baptizing people preaching about repentance and so when they looked at his lifestyle, they knew that he was not just an ordinary man, but there was something special about him. There was something peculiar about him. And so they wanted to know who John was. And they asked him, are you Elijah? John said, no, I am not Elijah. And they asked John, are you the prophet? John said, no. And they, and they asked him again, are you Christ? John said, no. Then John identified himself or described himself Explain who he was through the eyes of scripture. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight to the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. This morning I just want us to remind ourselves of our identity. There is a time that we need to answer this question ourselves: Who am I? Because how you answer this, how you answer this question has a very important role and a significant role to play in your Christian life. The question is, who am I? If you understand who you are, it influences the way you talk, the way you think, and even the way you carry yourself about. When you are confronted by issues and situations, your identity, if you remind yourself of your identity, it determines how you act and how you behave in the midst of crisis. For somebody who, for instance, let me give you an example: somebody who is so rich, when there is crisis, and people say that there is going to be difficult situation, that there's going to be, the economy is going to run down, there's going to be um, scarcity and there's going to be difficulty. A person who has a lot of money, a person who is a millionaire, a person who is a billionaire, will not, will not fret, will not be anxious will not worry so much because that person knows that come what may, he, he has enough for himself and his family. Because of that identity, he will not be worried. Or the measure of his worry will not be as somebody who knows that they don't have anything. And so knowing your identity is so important. And anyone who is connected to this rich man or anyone who is the son of this rich man, also knows that as long as his father is alive and because of the wealth that his father has he has no cause to worry why because he knows that his father is able to take care of him or his father will take care of him and so it is important for us to answer this question who am i because your identity determines your reaction to situations when the world says there is crisis, when the world says there is recession, or when the world says there is going to be a shutdown, your identity determines how you react to situations like this. And so knowing your identity as a believer is very, very important. You need to settle this question in yourself. Who am I? Don't wait till somebody comes to, to you and asks you who you are, but you need to settle this question in yourself. Who am I? You need to answer it within yourself, knowing very well your identity and who you are. Will ensure that you live a victorious life as a believer. And so sometimes you go through situations and we ask ourselves, why me? But the right question to ask yourself when you're going through certain situation is, who am I? Because when you identify your identity, uh, I'm sorry, when you know your identity, you are able to answer the question, why you are going through what you are going through. And so Jesus Christ, when he was going through the cross or when he was being nailed to the cross, he did not ask why me, because he knew his identity. He knew his identity and he knew his purpose. And so when he was going through the cross, He asked for grace and strength to be able to endure the cross. And so he didn't ask why I am going through the cross. And so knowing who you are, when things come against you and when things, when you go through situations, because you know your identity and because you know who you are, you are able to go through whatever situation life throws at you knowing that you are going to come out victorious. For instance, if you're a believer and you're a child of God, the Bible says that this is the confidence that we have, that whenever we pray, God hears us. And so you know that in the midst of any situation, when you pray, God will hear you. The Bible says again, this is the victory we have, even our faith. The Bible says we have overcome the world. And so when you go through situations in the world, you know that at the end of the day, there's going to be victory for you. Why? Because you have an identity as a child of God. And so when you know your identity, whatever lies throws at you, whatever you go through, whatever happens around you, because of that identity, you are not shaken you are not worried. If God is your God and God is your protector and God is your provider and God is the one who preserves your life, no matter what happens around you, you still have confidence. And that's why the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. If you know that God is the one who provides your needs, you are not going to be anxious. No matter what you go through, you are not going to be anxious no matter how long you have been expecting something to happen you are not going to be anxious because you know that god is the one who provides your need so the bible says be anxious for nothing but in all things by prayer and supplication let your request be made known unto god so knowing your identity is very important as the years as we approach the end of the year the age knowing your identity is going to become very crucial So that you don't respond to things the way the the world responds to things. I mean, I've not been listening to the news for some time now. But today, I I saw that there's going to be a... I mean, they're, they're, they're having discussions of a shutdown. But if you're a child of God, they're having discussions of a government shutdown. But if you're a child of God, Your confidence is is in God. And that's why I I love the first song that we use this morning. Christ is your foundation. Christ is your provider. Your source is from God. You are not of this world. You don't depend on the element of this world. You depend on the resources in heaven. And therefore, you are confident that no matter what happens... you are still going to see progress in your life, no matter what happened. Bible says that when men say there is a casting down, then there is a lifting up for we who are the children of God. And so when things start getting bad and people start complaining and people start screaming or people start crying for help and for 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 people start um, getting worried and getting depressed over their needs, as a child of God, you don't react to the same way. And that is why knowing your identity is very important. You can only enforce your rights as a child of God if you understand those rights. If you are a citizen of America, you have certain rights. You can only enforce those rights if you know them. If you don't know them, people are going to cheat you of your rights. And that is how it is as a child of God. When you read the Bible and the Bible tells you your identity and the Bible tells you certain things that you have a right to, you enforce that, those rights on earth. Because if you don't enforce those rights on earth, you'll be cheating yourself. Every, the citizen of every nation has certain rights. If you're a citizen of Ghana, you have certain rights. If you're a citizen of America, you have certain rights. And the Bible tells us that we are citizens of heaven. The Bible tells us that this world is not our home. The Bible tells us that we are sojourners. We are on a journey in this world. But our citizenship is in heaven. And if you are a citizen of heaven, there are certain rights that you have. No matter which part of the earth you are right now, there are certain rights that you have. If you're a citizen of the most powerful nation on earth in America, if you're a citizen of America and you travel to another country, even in those countries, there are still certain rights that you have in your home country that when you get into crisis, the home country will come to your aid. Recently, one female basketball player was in prison in another country. The nation of America came to the the prisoner's aid and negotiated the release of that prisoner. Why? Because even though the prisoner um the lady is in a different country, she is still a citizen of America and has some rights to to as as a citizen of the United States. And so even though we live here on earth, our citizenship is in heaven and we have certain rights as citizens of heaven. And as we discover those rights from scripture, we need to enforce those rights. How do we enforce those rights? We enforce those rights through prayer, through confession and through declaration, declaring that I am a citizen of heaven. I am entitled to good health. I'm entitled to prosperity. I'm entitled to success. I'm entitled to a sound mind. My family is blessed. You declare those things as a citizen of heaven. You enforce those rights. When people... When citizens feel that their rights have been trampled upon, what do they do? They go to court. They go to court so that the judge will explain the law or will apply the law to clear them or to grant them their right. As a a Christian, you enforce your right through prayer. And that is why you must not keep quiet you must enforce that right the world will try to give you an identity and it's so critical and so important that we we'll understand that we understand that the world will try to give you an identity the world might describe you as a failure the, the world might describe you as a sinner the world might might give you so many Identities, but your identity is in the word of God. And in the same way, they came to John and asked John, Are you Elijah? because they thought that this guy was Elijah. He said, No, I am not Elijah. They asked him, Are you the prophet? He said, No. They were trying to force an identity on him because the Pharisees saw that this man's life is different. The Pharisees saw that this man is baptizing people and was preaching repentance. The Pharisees were people who taught that they did not need repentance. And so when we One bold man stood up and started preaching repentance. They were wondering who this man was. They asked him, are you the Messiah? He said, no, I am not the Messiah. They were forcing an identity on him. He said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. He quoted scripture, telling them that my identity is in the word of God. As a child of God, you need to understand that your identity is in the word of God. You are what God says you are. You are who God says you are. You are not what the world says you are. You are not what you have done. You are not where you have been. You are who God says you are. And if God says that all your sins are forgiven, all your sins are forgiven. If God says that you are the righteousness of God, you are the righteousness of God. If God says that all things belong to you, then all things belong to you. If the the word of God says that by his stripes you were healed, then by his stripes you were healed. You walk in divine health. That is who you are. That is what the word of God says says about you. And so the world or the doctors will give their diagnosis of you or what they think you are, but it is up to you to accept or to reject it. John rejected all the identities that they gave him and he quoted his identity from scripture. And so if the world labels anything that belongs to you as a child of God, you have authority to remove that label and label it differently. Label it according to what the word of God says. If the world labels your children remove the label of the world and label your children what the word of god says about them the bible says blessed shall be the fruit of your womb so all the children that will come out of your womb are blessed and so do not accept the identity of the world again do not accept the identity of religious people there is, there is coming a time in Christianity where everyone has to diligently search the Scriptures to understand what the Scriptures say concerning us. Because if we leave our life to religious people, they will give us a wrong identity. They will let us believe things that the Bible does not say concerning us. Do not leave your identity to religious people. You own your identity. And so pick your identity from scripture. Don't leave your identity in the hands of any man of God. Don't leave your identity in the hands of any prophet. And I'm not saying men of God or prophets are bad or evil. No, they are good people that God has given us for the... for the strengthening and, and, and for the enabling of the body, the body of Christ to be able to function here on earth. But you are solely responsible for your identity. You need to pick your identity from scriptures. Prophets, teachers, evangelists can teach you, but you are the one who picks your identity. Somebody can declare your identity to you, but it's up to you to accept it. Because you have accepted your name, when somebody calls you by dying but uh, I'm sorry, when somebody call you by, by that name, you are going to respond. Why? Because you have accepted that that is your name. You have been told that that is your name and you have grown to accept it. I've seen people who have grown up and changed their names because they did not like the names that they were given. or they chose one of their names. they had two names and they decided that henceforth I want to be called this. And so when you call them by that the other name, they will tell you, no, call me by this name. So your identity is your responsibility. And whatever thing you do not accept cannot be your identity. If you don't accept any identity or anything that the world puts on you, it will not be your identity. You have it takes to reject every other identity that does not conform to the identity that the Bible has given you and so it is important that you know your identity John knew his identity so even when they brought enticing names to him they called him the Messiah he said no I'm not the Messiah even though many people would have loved to be the Messiah at that time would have loved that title the Messiah But John said, no, I am not the Messiah, because he knew who he was. So no matter how attractive that name sounded in those days, because he knew that wasn't his identity, he said, no, I am not the Messiah. He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. He picked his identity from the scriptures. Beloved, our identity is in the word of God. And that's why the Bible tells us the word of God is like a mirror as we look As you look in the mirror, the only image you see is your own image. So as we look into the scriptures, we see our image. We see what the Bible says concerning us. We see what God wants us to look like. And we continue to conform to that image. And so search the scriptures. It is your responsibility and your duty to search the scriptures to identify what the word of God says concerning you. And so when they said to John, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? After they had given given him all the titles and he said, No, I am not. No, I am not. Then they asked him, What do you say about yourself? Beloved, what do you say about yourself as a child of God? What you say about yourself is so important. What others say about you is not as important as what you say about yourself. Sometimes we worry ourselves so much about what others say about us. But what do you say about yourself? What you say about yourself is more important than what others say about you. Others could say all other things about you. You are a failure, that you are not going to succeed. Others will say that you are a sinner. But what do you say about yourself? So they asked John, what do you say about yourself? You are a child of God. You are the righteousness of God. You have the life of God in you. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are a success. You are not a failure. Because you were created by God. And you have the nature of God. If the nature of God is not a failure, then you are not a failure. The God who created this world is not a failure. And so his product is not a failure. Anything that bears the image and the nature of God cannot be a failure. Why? Because God himself is not a failure. And so whatever God is not, don't accept that as your image. Anything that you cannot use to describe God is not your image. Amen. So he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. John got his identity from the word of God. You are who God says you are and you are what God says you are. Now, what does God say concerning you? What does the word of God say about you? The word of God says that you are created in the image of God. And therefore, anything that does not glorify God is not your identity. Anything that has not glorified God, you reject it. That is not your identity. Now, faith is not denying what has actually happened. It's not denying the fact. But faith is denying the fact the right to control your life. So, faith is not an issue of denying the fact. But then you don't give the fact the right to control your life. That is how you express your faith. You don't give the fact the right to determine what you say. That is how you express your faith. And so, even though you might be feeling sick in your body, faith is not a denying of the fact, but faith is saying what the word of God says concerning the fact. The Bible says that by his stripes I am healed. That is how I express my faith. So even though you might be going through a situation You say what the word of God says concerning that situation. That is how you express your faith. And you live your life according to how the word of God expects you to live your life. That is how you express your faith. And so you say it and you live it. That is faith. You don't give the situation the, 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 the right to control your life or to determine what you do. And so anything that does not glorify God. Rejected, that's not your identity. If you identify anything in your life that has not bring glory to God, that is not your identity. Because the Bible says we are created in the image of God. The Bible also says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. As a believer, you must understand that you are recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. And so anything that, has, that is not good works is not your identity. It says that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So they are good works that God has prepared for us that we should walk in them. So we are an expression of good works. Wherever we go, we express good works. Every place that we are, in our workplaces, we express good works. Amongst our family members, we express good works. Amongst our friends, we express good works. That is who we are. Bible says we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there are things that God has prepared beforehand. And all we have to do is to walk in those things, walk in conformity to those things. The Bible tells us again in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. You are special. Let nobody talk you down. and Let nobody make you feel that you are ordinary. The Bible tells us that we are not ordinary men. That is the truth. I hear people say, religious people say, oh, we are mere men. But if you read the scripture, the Bible tells us that we are not mere men. If you are a child of God, you are not a mere man. People, some people try to be humble uh, by saying we are not, we are mere men, or oh, we are ordinary men. And I keep saying that any type of humility that has not conformed to the word of God is not humility. I'll reject that. The word of God tells us. That we are not mere men. The Bible says you are a chosen generation. God chose you. You are a royal priesthood. You are not just a priesthood, but you are a royal priesthood. When you go to England, you understand how the royal people behave, where the people who belong to the royal family behave. The Bible says we are a royal priesthood. Our kingdom is in heaven. We belong to a mighty kingdom. We belong to a kingdom that is rich. We belong to a kingdom that is more powerful than any other kingdom on earth. That is the kingdom we belong to. The Bible says you are a royal priesthood the bible says you are a holy nation the bible says you are holy let no man make um dead uh um, call unholy things that god calls holy when god showed peter the vision and peter said that i'm a hebrew i'm a hebrew man i do not touch anything that is unholy god said let not any man call Things that God has made holy, unholy, and God says you are a holy nation, you are a nation that is set apart for God, you are a nation that is reserved for God's glory. The Bible says He you are His own special people, and your purpose on earth is to proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Anything in your life that does not bring praise to God, reject it. It does not glorify God, reject it, because it does not fulfill your purpose. The purpose and the reason why God placed you here on earth. The Bible says that that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. And so everything that happens in your life must resort in praises to God, the things that are happening in your life now, that does not bring praise to God, you reject those things. Because anything that happens in your life, in your family, in the lives of your children, in your marriage, must bring praises to God. And so you identify those things that do not bring praises to God. And you enforce your right as a child of God. And you ask me, how long shall I continue enforcing my right? You continue to enforce your right until the situation changes. Until the situation turns around. As a matter of fact, everything in this life, if you apply enough force to it, it will change. It will move. Every condition. If you apply the right force, and if that force is enough, it will change. And so you are praying about something. And it looks like the, the prayer, the, the situation is not changing. Are you going to give up because the, the, the situation is not changing? No. You pray until the situation changes. If it's going to take you a whole lifetime, you continue to pray until the situation changes. because Because the truth of the matter is that the situation is going to change. All things are possible for those who believe. So, this is your identity. You are chosen. You are royal. You are holy. You are God's own special people. If somebody is marked out as special by somebody or by a nation that is powerful, there's a lot of respect that is given to those people. And God has marked you out as special. And so, don't talk yourself down, don't talk yourself out. Of the identity that God has given you. God says you are his own special people. Anything in your life that does not bring praise to God. reject it. That is not your identity. The Bible tells us that even though we live in this world. We are not of this world. It means our source is not of this world. It means we do not depend upon this world. It means that we are not restricted to the sources of this world. We are not limited to the things that this world has to offer. There is somebody and someone that we can rely on that is gr- who is greater than anything this world has to offer. And that person is God. Some people, after learning so much, they will say there is a force that causes things to happen in this world they don't want to acknowledge that there is god who makes things happen they will say it is a force but any force that does not have a will any force that does not have a mind any force that cannot be controlled is said will be a destructive force it is god and not just a force and so no matter what happens in this world know that you are not limited you are not just of this world even though you live in this world, you are not of this world. In Psalm 11 verse 3, the Bible says, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The, Lord is, the Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyes let test the sons of men. So if the foundation be destroyed, when things are scattered and everything looks like there's disorder and everything looks like it's not going to work, when, pe- when men in this world feel like they have tried all they can and they cannot fix things, what does God do? No, God has never moved. God sits on his throne. There's nothing that moves him. There's nothing that will cause him to lose control. God has everything in your life under control. There are things in your life that is out of control in your own strength. But you have f- someone behind you who, have, who has everything under control. So no matter what happens in this world, when things look scattered and things look like, looks like they are out of control and out of order and no government is able to fix them and no man is able to fix them. Do you not think that God is also trying to find some economic policies and trying to bring some military men and trying to organize certain funds from another source? No, God sits on his throne. He is not moved because of the things that are happening in this world. When there's a disaster and there's a there's a storm and, there, and 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 men are moving about and you see the fire service and you see um, the police service and you see uh, um, all these people moving in and, and there's confusion and all you wonder where is God? The Bible says He's sitting on His throne because all these things He does not need to move resources from anywhere. Just a word from his mouth will settle all things. And so no matter what happened, we have to learn the attitude of God that we sit still, that we are at peace no matter what happens around us. We, we are at peace knowing that our life is in the hands of God. We learn that attitude of God to be at peace in the midst of the storm. In John chapter 16 verse 33 <clears throat> Jesus told his disciples these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace if you are somebody who is in Christ Jesus if you are a child of God one thing you must learn is peace because when you turn on the television you are going to hear bad news when you turn in your community, when you turn around, when you look at things happening around you in the world, you're gonna have, like almost every single time I can tell you, without prophesying, that any single every single time you turn on the news, there is some bad news that you hear. And that's why Jesus Christ said that, in me you will have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Everything that will ever happen in this world, Christ has overcome them. And so he says, be of good cheer." Finally, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. God says, therefore, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. And so, as a child of God, you must understand that God has some thoughts concerning you. God has plans for you. Like every good father will plan for the child to give the child a good future, to secure the child's future. God has a plan for you. And sometimes fathers have good plans for their children. But they might not live long enough to implement those plans. Or maybe certain conditions will change in the life of the father. And because of those changing conditions, the father will not be able to fulfill those plans that he has for his children. But God has all power. And he has the will to fulfill his plans for you. And he says those plans that he has concerning you are good. So if you're wondering how your future is going to look like, your future is going to be good. If you are wondering how the future of this church is going to look like, the future is going to be good. Because God has good plans concerning us. He says, for I know the thoughts. Other version says, I know the plans that I have towards you. you have plans of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I want you to know that even as you are awake today, you don't have absolute control over everything that is going to happen in this day. But God does. God has absolute control. If it's going to rain, God has control over that. If if the sun is going to shine, God has control over that. And so know that God has absolute control over this world. God does. And so he has absolute control over your future. He has absolute control over how things are going to turn out for you and for your family. And that's why you can trust him. As a father, the Bible tells us that the whole world was created by the word of his mouth. He created the whole world out of nothing. God did not need clay. Or he did not need wood. You know, if you're going to build something, if you're going to, for instance, you're going to build a house, you probably need concrete to be able to bring those things into existence. But God did not need concrete to build this world. He did not need mortar to bring, to, to build this world. He did not need a hammer or a nail or he, a wood to, be, to build this world. He built the whole world by the words of his mouth. The Bible says that out of nothingness, he spoke and things came to existence. That is why if you're a child of God, speaking is important. The things you speak, there might be nothing. Out of nothingness, you speak words and things will come into being. And that is why you have to. Imitate the attitude of God. You have to learn the attitude of God, and the attitude of God is speaking things to being. And so, if there are things in your life that are lacking, speak them into being. For how long? Continue to speak them until they come to existence. Some people do not see the need of speaking, but speaking is an attitude of God. When God wanted to create the world, He spoke. When Jesus Christ wanted to heal people, Several times in the Bible, what he did was to speak. When Jesus wanted to calm the storm, what he did was to speak. That's why you don't have to be careless with your words. You speak the right things. If there is a storm in your life, speak the word. When Jesus Christ met people in conditions and wanted to heal them, he just spoke a word. And so speaking is important. You cannot downplay speaking as a believer. Some people laugh when when we say that as a believer, you have to speak things into being. But that is the nature. That is the attitude of God. Read the Bible. Everything that Jesus confronted, what he did was to speak to those situations. And the situations change. So are there things in your life that you do not like? Speak them into being. God has a plan for your life. Just like every good father has plans for his children, God has a plan for you. Like I said earlier, God is not a failure and he did not create us or he did not create failures. And so everything we do will succeed. God is not a failure. If we have the nature of God, if we have the spirit of God, the same spirit that God used to create this world, then we cannot fail. Because God does not create failures. And the spirit of God cannot superintend on failures. The spirit of God will cause you to succeed. And so you are a success. Confess that. Like I said, even when the situation doesn't look like it, confess it and tell yourself that you are a success. That is your nature. That is your true identity. Your true identity is not what you see around you. Your true identity is what God says concerning you. The outcome of your life is not solely dependent on your decisions and your actions. The outcome of your life is not solely dependent on the conditions of this world. The outcome of your life is dependent on the plan of God and the word of God concerning your life. And so even when the conditions of this world deteriorate, the economy of this world deteriorate, it will not determine the outcome of your life because the outcome of your life is not solely dependent on the conditions of this world. Even when you make bad decisions, God is able to turn things around for your good. The outcome of your life is not solely dependent on your decisions. God is able to remedy every situation. And I want you to open your heart and believe that there is no situation that is too late for God. There is no situation that is impossible for God. God has a good plan for your life. You have to yield to the plan of God. And it starts By acknowledging him in your life every single day. Every single day. Acknowledge the fact that Lord, my God, you are the Lord over my life. You direct the course of my life. You lead me to the right places. You cause the lines to fall for me in the right places. You favor me in every situation. Yield to the leadings of God. Yield to the Word of God. Decide that you are going to obey the Word of God. Decide that you are going to do what the Word of God says. That is yielding. Because many times we throw out the word, the word there. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the, And you ask yourself, what does it mean to yield to the Holy Spirit? Yielding to the Holy Spirit or yielding to the Word of God simply means doing what the Word of God says. And so you read in the word of God and you do what the word of God says. You don't yield to the thoughts of the enemy. You don't yield to the works of the flesh, but you yield to the spirit. You obey what the word of God says. So this morning, I just want to remind you who you are. You are not what the, word, what, what the world says you are, You are not what is happening in your life but you are what god says you are take that identity tell yourself that identity as a citizen of heaven you have certain rights and you need to enforce those rights and so anything that is happening in your life that does not conform to that identity that you have as a citizen of heaven reject it and do not allow it to stand we are not helpless When it comes to things of this world, when it comes to objects or things that happen around us, as children of God, we are not helpless. We have to use the word of God. For the Bible tells us that the weapons of our welfare are not carnal, but the Bible describes the weapons of our welfare as mighty. So the weapons of our warfare are mighty weapons. And we have to use those weapons by speaking, declaring, the word of God over every situation you need to be in the habit of declaring the word of God over every situation identify situations in your life in your family in your workplace that do not conform to the word of God declare the word of God over those situations It is the attitude of God, it's the nature of God to speak things into being. So if you're a child of God, you need to speak things into being. The things that are not, you will call them and they will come into existence. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, shall we pray father in the name of jesus i thank you for this morning even for the opportunity to have fellowship to share your word i thank you father for identity that you have given us i thank you that we are citizens of heaven and we have rights as citizens of heaven this morning we appropriate our rights as citizens of heaven we declare healing to every situation we declare everything in our life that has not conformed to this world to conform to your word. We declare that the situation is changing right now in the name of Jesus. Every condition in our body we declare conform to the word of God. Every condition in our family we declare conform to the word of God right now in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you so much.